We're talking about our favorite Lost Girl guest stars, and I'm going to try my hardest to make it so that it's not just an hour of Chris Leibs crying. Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 96. Listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Chris. And we are sadly without Annie this week. She had some stuff going on and she couldn't make it. I tried to pull in a last minute third person, but I, I they apparently have more of a life than I thought that they did. So good for them. Good for them. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, but I am offended on their behalf. <laughs> She knows I'm kidding. But on to our topic this week. Uh, We're going to be talking about our favorite guest stars on Lost Girl. And for our drink special this week, we actually got a suggestion from a listener from Daniel, who's Dark Dijin on Twitter. And Daniel suggested a drink called A Snake in the Grass. He thought it was appropriate for a couple of the guest stars we're talking about in this episode. And the drink involves... Cointreau, gin, vermouth, lemon juice, and then you garnish it with a cherry. And so it actually sounds pretty good. So thank you, Daniel, for that suggestion. And if you've been around with the podcast for a while, you might remember back in August of 2014, this was when we thought that the show would premiere, season five would premiere in September. We did this crazy thing, 30 (laughs) Days of Lost Girl. We did 30 short daily Lost Girl episodes, actually 31 short daily episodes. And one of the questions amongst those 31 episodes that we answered was who was our favorite guest star there was also another another question about like recurring character and main character and there was a lot of confusion about what those terms meant so i thought i would start with a definition as to who we're considering as lost girls as lost girls (laughs) who we're considering they're all lost girls and lost boys that's that's my that's my official statement who we're considering as lost girls guest stars There, I I fixed it for you. For the purposes of our discussion today, I like to define terms. So here are the characters that we we considered when answering this question. Basically, every character besides Bo, Kenzie, Dyson, Lauren, Trick, Tamsin, Hale, Vex, the Morrigan, Aoife, and Bruce. The the final four there, Vex, the Morrigan, Aoife, and Bruce, I consider more to be recurring characters because they popped up in multiple seasons in different little story pockets. So we're going to set those guys aside, even though they're credited as guest stars when they actually appear. It's the difference between guest and recurring. I know that line gets squishy because they would have said that, oh, Allie Liebert has a recurring character role in in season four, but she's only in three episodes. And it, But to me, that's still a guest star. Like, you're not a recurring character in this series, if that makes sense. You might be recurring in the season, but not in the series. Right. Because it's like one storyline that she's in in one exactly. season. In consecutive episodes. Sadly, only in three episodes in one season. Ugh. Where is she? <laughs> She's still packed away in that box. I really hope they cut air holes in there for her. Well, we know she won't be jostled too much since Lauren puts fragile stickers on everything. And I'm sure she's very well packed in there with like some clothes and sheets and all sorts of things. Like a little nest. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually a good jumping off point because we thought we would start talking about our frequently mentioned beloved guest stars. Get them out of the way, because we have to mention them, but we know we've talked about them a lot, so we won't drone, drone on for too long about them. Because so, Crystal, 
That was a good one. That was a good I, one. It could have gone on longer, but I thought, I know. you know, <laughs> there's stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Crystal, we actually did an entire episode, a short episode, but an entire episode on Crystal. If you want to go listen to that, it's episode 44. You can find it at drinksatthedoll.com slash 44. And we just really enjoyed crystal and if for a lot of reasons i think a lot of it having to do with with ali liebert being just a really warm charming person but i thought that was actually a really interesting little sub storyline for well it was a storyline not a sub storyline that's just dumb stephanie a storyline for for lauren in season four while she was she was off on her own over here and i i really wish they had they had brought crystal back but it's looking like that's never going to happen sadly my anguish. <laughs> but yeah, because Lauren had a friend. A flirty, flirty friend. A flirty, sexy friend. We like those. <laughs> but I, I kept hoping, if you listen to our season four episodes, you know, we kept hoping that she might return, Crystal might return at the end of season four. And Lauren's like, I've been trying to help this woman, Bo. Can't you see that? But no, she was trying to help Bo. And that's fine, too. But I, I wish that Crystal had returned. Because she just, like, last we saw her, she's all sad looking suffering from nickel poisoning in the in the saw room as annie calls it it's not inaccurate as is my understanding i have not actually watched any of the saw I movies either. but there's still stuff i'd like to have known about crystal which is not something i can say about every character that's ever appeared on the show well because they dangled interesting little bits of information and and you know started a storyline where it could have easily you know been paralleled with lauren's or or other characters and yeah but snatched snatched away <laughs> it's gone from leaves crying to leaves sobbing, sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one that i know we've talked about a lot in the past one i talk about a lot is meyer from dead lucky and vexed back from season one he was the the dark fake kind of mobster guy in the chinese restaurant that Bo had a couple of dealings with and i just loved him i thought he was great I, I kind of wondered, I mentioned when we talked about the season five episode, It's Your Lucky Faye, if they might have been intending to bring him back for that episode, but couldn't for some reason. And instead, they declared that he had been killed. Ugh, sadness. No! So my hopes have been dashed on that front as well. They're just tearing my heart out for some of my favorite guest stars, man. I know. It's awful. But yeah, I, I think they did some interesting things with Meyer where they sort of introduced him as he's he's not a good guy, but he's not a bad he's guy either. He's not that either. bad. Right. Yeah. Which sort of seemed to be the point of a lot of the early things, the, the discussions of like light fay and dark fay. It's not really what you think, but they've kind of dropped a lot of that this season anyway. So because when we think about the dark fay characters that we often saw in the beginning, they were very mustache twirly, clearly defined as evil but but Meyer, I was very, for lack of a better word, very humanized, I thought. very. He was in the middle. You couldn't just dismiss him as a bad guy. And then we also wanted to mention Val. We've talked about Val several times. Where is Val? Where is Val? This is, of course, uh, Hale's sister, played by Erica Luttrell. Oh, I should have mentioned Meyer was played by, I think his first name is pronounced Aaron Tagger. Since we don't often mention the guest stars' names, I really want to make sure that we try to in this episode, since we're talking about them. <laughs> And it's often the actors that contribute to the characters being so likable. Yeah, so. yeah. So Val, played by Erica Luttrell, this is, of course, Hale's sister, who we saw in season two in both The Girl Who Fade With Fire and Flesh and Blood. And she was a great antagonist in The Girl Who Fade With Fire, I thought. Because, yeah, they set it up where she was against Kenzie, which, of course, 
is there a faster way to make somebody, you know, to signify somebody as an antagonist? Right. I don't think so. But but then she came to our our group's aid, so all is forgiven, Val. <laughs> well, and I could have right? sworn, I could have sworn when they brought her back for for flesh and blood that they were setting her up to become more of a recurring or a main character in season season three. Like I thought that that's what they were going to do. It was like the perfect opportunity. Yeah, but that's not what happened, sadly. But I did really enjoy that character. I'm sad that they. They did not bring her back subsequently, and it's unlikely she will come back, especially now that Hale is, is no longer on the show as well. I mean, I don't know. It could have been a matter of actor availability or something, yeah. too. But, of course. But yeah, the fact that they didn't even mention her at Hale's funeral or anything, that seemed weird, right? It did. It did. And then, of course, we have Cassie, the Oracle, played by Vanessa Matsui. She was in Dead Lucky in Season 1, Lafayette Polk in Season 4, and then a couple of episodes here in Season 5. And I'm going to try not to spoil people if they haven't seen Season 5 yet, because I know a lot of people are still waiting for the the first half to air in the U.S. and such. So I, I won't say anything about what happens to, to casting Season 5. She is in Season 5. Yay! And And yeah, I've just really... I really enjoyed her. She she had a kind of an interesting switch between this J-pop obsessed, obsessed kind of teeny bopper type in in season one, but with some serious information to give Bo. And then when we see her in season four, she's still got sort of that biting sense of humor, but she's a bit more mature and, and real to me, I think. Mm-hmm. Matsui! <laughs> no? I like yes, Her last no. name would make an awesome like battle cry. Before you run at somebody swinging something at their head, I I just I hope she knows that maybe she maybe she does and she doesn't like that, but I I, I would do it. <laughs> A dragon hunt this year. You and I are just gonna like roam the halls going Matsui. It's true. No, I will. I don't know if you will. Okay. <laughs> Alternately going Matsui and leaves, <laughs> and then uh, you and I will be alone because yeah. everybody will <laughs> leave our presence far away from us. Like those two. <laughs> are crazy <laughs> i don't know them i don't know them. <laughs> i know annie won't hang out with us <laughs> she'll just look really embarrassed <laughs> and then also from from season five i'll just mention them quickly because again i try not to spoil people we have amanda welsh and noam jenkins whose characters names i won't say for spoiler purposes and then lisa marcos who's playing alicia all three of these people i've really enjoyed especially amanda welsh i think she's fantastic yeah agreed, agreed. <laughs> also not saying anything more for spoiler purposes. Yes. But but all effectively effectively charming in their own way. How's that? Yes. How's that for non-spoiler? There we go. Well, mm, charming isn't quite right I think for Amanda Walsh and Noam Jenkins characters, but they they're very effective I think in all three of those people, very effective in their roles and I've been enjoying them a lot. Charismatic? Is that better than charming? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kate says Crystal Dot, 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 permanently chained to a pipe. <laughs> See, and I just don't want to imagine that fate for Crystal. That just makes me really sad to think of Which her that way. Which is why she's hanging out in Lauren's apartment until I hear otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Have you added anybody else to Lauren's little harem? I feel like you jokingly did at one point, but maybe nobody's serious. I don't remember. Okay. So it's just Christ Crystal waiting back in Lauren's dark apartment, whatever whatever that looks like. You're right, though. I did mention somebody. Who did I mention? I don't remember, because all I remember is is Annie saying, no, that's not true. She's got a harem of bows. It's like Orphan Black, and there's bow clones, and there's the leather <laughs> bow, and this bow, and that bow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump back to season one, where we have no fear of spoilers. 
And and who who's a guest character, a guest star from season one who you really enjoyed? I kind of enjoyed from the second episode, I believe it was the Willow the Wisp. Oh, yes. Played by Richard McMillan. Good choice. Because, I mean, that was one of those episodes, like, here's, you know, here's the first episode where we're really going to get into the the pattern of the show. Mm-hmm. The, what's the word I'm kind looking for? Kind of the for? case I'm, of the week structure format. format. There we go. The format of yeah. the show is is what I'm trying to say. And so I, I thought he was a good sort of weird, quirky, annoying, but kind of fun character <laughs> to sort of start that off with, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because he's memorable and he's funny. You know, I struggle with my weight. Like, he has some really funny lines and he delivers them very well. But at the same time, he doesn't take up so much space in the episode that you just think, oh, it was just about that guy. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a good guest star, in my opinion. Like, I think those are good qualities of a guest star. You remember them. But they're they're really good in like supporting the story, but they don't take over. Right, supporting but not overpowering. Yes, exactly. So I I agree. I enjoy him as well. I uh, one who I really enjoyed was Olivia, played by Amber Goldfarb in Fatal Attraction, which might seem like a weird choice. I don't know. Maybe you like her too, but I thought you know she really had to play a pretty big character arc for Olivia, uh, where she goes from sexy seductress type of woman and has a okay probably one of my favorite sex scenes on the show is involved in one of my favorite sex scenes on the show so yay for that and then (laughs) she has to descend i see how it is annie (laughs) (laughs) yes annie's not here the part of annie will be played by me today again (laughs) again (laughs) and so yeah so she has to go from you know sexy lady to kind of scheming lady to angry lady to just bat guano crazy lady you know (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) and and i i buy her at all of those turns and that type of over-the-top crazy pants type of ranting that she has to do not everybody can make that work but i i think she does it really well and stephanie's especially picky about (laughs) making that work i am i am and she she does it well for me like when she dies and that whole thing i i think it's just really well done good job amber goldfarb I was going to say, I don't know that I'd say I like Olivia, but I, I find her interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting and compelling. Like, I, I want to know what crazy thing she's going to do next. So, yes, effective. Yes. Uh, I also liked Halima, played by Lynn Griffin from Food for Thought. More of a minor character. We eat human corpses. <laughs> but that, I mean, that, that was, again, sort of like this this weird situation, like... You know, but but she sold it. Yeah, I felt. You know, okay, she's she's eating people, but she's so sweet. <laughs> I hate to be such a fuss. I agree. She's she's this perfect little component to that. You, you know, she's again, she's supposed to be the scary fae who goes around eating human corpses, but she's like this little old grandma type, and and I really do like the way that they went with that character. Especially kind of interesting if you watch uh, Grimm because they had an Aswang on the on Grimm too. Oh, okay, but. Uh, they went in like the more traditional, terrifying kind of mm. route. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of enjoy the the Lost World twist, mm-hmm. where like, oh, it's a kindly, kindly old lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I I agree. She, yeah, she has a much more minor role, but I think you she's really remember- memorable, even though she only has really one major scene. Exactly, which is what I'm going for yeah. here. Another another guest out from season one I really enjoy is Serena, played by Lisa Berry in Arachnophobia, and she is the head of security, I think, is her title, that 
sent over when Lauren calls in the thing about the Dijian being is loose and she can, you know, she has the fireball power in her hands. And a, I, was, I was going to say, I've, I've nicknamed her in my mind Firehands. Yes, Firehands. Because I don't always remember her name. But. <laughs> but I'll tell you why I like her. A, this is Stephanie as Annie. A, I think she's sexy. B, I think she has a nice rapport with Dyson. C, she has a super cool power. D, I just really like her presence in that role. Agreed. <laughs> you have no E caveat to add on? <laughs> like what? Oh, I don't know. I think you kind of covered okay. it. Okay. So you don't remember her name, but do you enjoy her? I do. I do. Yeah, because that's another one of those, like, here's sort of a take charge kind of person. And, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. Just here's a take charge character. And I enjoy those. Well, and I also kind of liked that... Lost Girl it has not always been great in sort of like uh, alternate presentations of gender. And while I would know, I would not describe her as like butch or masculine. She's a bit butcher than we that we get from a lot of the female characters on the show. And I kind of like that they there's a little bit of gender play with her character, even though I don't think they were trying to imply she was queer or anything like that. And that just might be me reading into it. But even so, I like that aspect of her character. Fair enough. So how about you? Who's somebody else you liked from season one? These are both from Vexed. I liked Luann, played by Marie Ward, and Siegfried, played by Jeffrey R. Smith. Oh, we've talked about Jeffrey R. Smith before when we talked about when we talked about Vexed in our Vexed episode. And yes, he is terribly enjoyable, and I think even more so because I first saw him in Wonderfalls, and he plays a completely different character on that show than he does on, on Lost Girl. But even if I didn't have that context, he's just delightful. I always forget that until you tell me that I'm like, wait, who was he? That's right. He was. He was Wade, the security guard. Yep. Who is a, com- yeah, as you say, completely different type of character. But but yeah, I, I thought Siegfried was kind of charming in a weird way. I also happen to know that that actor, at least at the time that he auditioned for Wonderfalls, had at least one of his nipples pierced. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she know that is what's going through my head now. Because <laughs> I listened to the director and cast commentary and they talked about his audition scene because he originally auditioned for another part on the show. And as part of his audition, like in a really emotional moment, he like took off his shirt and they were like, hey, dude's got nipple piercings. Interesting. I didn't expect that. <laughs> this episode just took an odd turn, I feel like. <laughs> but Louie, anyway. played by my by Marie Ward, also a good choice. I do think that actress lends a lot of gravitas to that role but but isn't hammy about it right because that's it's one of those it's a minor part but it's an important part definitely and the fact that we often still talk about Luann I I think is you know more than just the role she played in Bo's life moving on to season two guest stars I guess I guess I'll go first I really like Isabeau played by Allison Down we see her in Bear Met's Trick Pressure, Flesh and Blood, and then she's also been in an episode of season five. And I I just think she has she and and Rick Howland have like a really good rapport. That whole sequence in the drive-in movie theater and Bear Met's Trick Pressure is very strange and bizarre. And Lost Girl usually doesn't get quite that surreal. And so I think had those actors not had a good 
connection with each other and able to work together so well, that could have gone really awry. And instead, it's actually a sequence that I really, really love from the series as an entirety. Right. That's one of those things where you you really have to sell it just because it is so, so strange. So, as you say, surreal. Yeah, because they have the projection of them talking to each other going on in the background while they're actually talking to each other in the foreground. And I actually, I, oh, I wish we'd asked Rick Hallett about that, filming that sequence when we when we got to talk to him, because I'm kind of curious how they how they managed to coordinate that so well. That's what it's like, technically, did they, were they actually projecting that behind them? Because I would get super distracted by that mm, if, yeah. <laughs> if, if it was in my eyeline. I kind of think they, I don't think they would have, but then how do they keep it so well paced with the the movie because while it's not perfectly synced up it's very close that's what i'm saying like i don't know like did they green screen it i don't know but i'm curious if we'll see allison down again obviously it would be kind of in a it might be weird if she was on the show it could mean bad things had befallen trick it could also just be a weird flashbacky type of situation but i do really enjoy her as isabel Mm -hmm. of course they've introduced the afterlife now so yes this is true who knows so how about you chris who's a season two guest star you really enjoy I like the Nain Rouge, mm. played by Haley Nolt. I'm guessing it's Nolt. I apologize Nolt if that's or incorrect. No, I would. It would be my other thought. Ah, if it is enough. a French name. But she was in Something Wicked This Fay Comes, Fay Gone Wild, Original Skin, and Into the Dark, like borderline recurring. But just in <laughs> one storyline. But, but just in one storyline. Yeah, pretty much. So, and always in brief appearances. Mm. So. But again, that's sort of one of those, like, here's this character that we just get little bits of, but but she's memorable to me, which is sort of the key thing, I guess, for me. And kids are always difficult, especially creepy kids, because they can go kind of cheesy very fast. And I think she does a good job of trying to be a very old person in a very young looking body. Mm hmm. And I like the way that Lost Girl played it, where Bo's just kind of like, what the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> what? No, listen here, you little brat. <laughs> Bo is not having any of it. I also really like her reading of the line, kick his eagle ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is pretty, pretty excellent. And I wanted to mention Woods, played by Michael Cram on Original Skin. He was somebody that Annie mentioned in our our 30 Days of Lost Girl episode when we talked about favorite guest characters. So I wanted to make sure one of Annie's picks got in here since she wasn't able to to be here on the recording. Right. So how do you feel about Michael Cram as Woods? (laughs) I I sort of, here's my weird thing. Like, I liked him, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, what is with the Southern accent? (laughs) Is it just me? Well, I kind of have this feeling that Whenever a character is supposed to be American on the show, they give them these really ridiculous Southern accents, which just makes That's me smile. That's right, because they had the guy in the pilot, not from the pilot, Oklahoma. the first episode, mm-hmm. from, didn't he say he was from Omaha? Omaha, yeah, you're right. I think we've had this before, and you're, and I thought it was Oklahoma, and you're like, no, it's this thing, and you were right, so we'll go with Omaha. <laughs> he says Omaha, but, it, but he sounds Southern, mm-hmm. and people do not sound Southern in Omaha, generally. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if Woods is supposed to be some redneck American character. In which case, thanks, Lost Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, going back to the Omaha thing, because my mom is from Nebraska. And I remember in, I think I was in either middle school or 
no, I think it was middle school. And one of the PTA event things, like one of the other parents asked her if she was Canadian. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So apparently Canadians think people from Omaha sound like Southerners, but Southerners think people from Omaha or the Omaha area, she's not actually from Omaha, sound like they're Canadian. So there you go. <laughs> Works both ways, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think Michael Cram has some fun stuff in Original Skin. I like him best when he's playing Woods rather than playing Bo. But but I, I do enjoy his several... He's got, he's got some good lines as as Woods. I didn't think he did a... He, he did an incredible job as Bo, but... Yes, Bo is hard to play because she's not... Besides, you could get some maybe some line readings in there, but she doesn't have... She's not an overtly physical character the way that, like, Kenzie is. So Chris Holden Reed had a lot to pull from when trying to show that he's being Kenzie. But when it comes to Bo... In addition to just actually being Kenzie. That too. That too. <laughs> but Bo is very, like, still. And I think Anna Silk actually mentioned that, that he, that Michael Cram said that to her. He's like, wow, you do not move very much. She's like, no, I don't. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I kind of like that. I guess that's part of what I like about Bo, though. Bo's very sort of self-possessed, you know? Yeah. She doesn't feel the need to... To fidget a lot. <laughs> okay, so I have to. We have to, of course, mention Mumford, played by Cl- Cliff Saunders. Oh, Mumphy! In Scream, a little dream. He is, of course, the brownie. Honestly, he might be. I don't know if I named him as my favorite guest star ever, but he's he's when we when we did that question. But he's up there because there's maybe no more brilliant a moment from a guest character than when he's standing there wearing Kenzie's clothes. He just does it so. <laughs> beautifully like yeah it's just perfect just the, his like the way he holds his body and his kind of defiant look on his face it's so good it is that's one of the best moments of like no dialogue yes because <laughs> you don't need it Mm-mm, no <laughs> you he, he he tells you everything you need to know about mumford's emotional state just by standing there <laughs> see i'm laughing because i'm picturing it now uh-huh yeah <laughs> it's it's excellent it's excellent i love the red wig it's just so good <laughs> The slight, isn't it slightly askew, it is, too, it the is. wig? <laughs> Love it. So who's another one of your favorites from season two? This is actually something you put on the list, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Peggy from Masks, ah, who Olin Samuel also likes. Peggy from Masks, played by Pragna Desai. I'm going to, hopefully that is close to how her name is pronounced. Yes. Love Peggy from Masks. I might have actually, you can probably Google it or YouTube it and find it, but I made like a a mashup video of Peggy and Anna Silk playing the irritable flight attendant who's trying to quit smoking. And <laughs> I forgot you did that. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. But yeah, I love Peggy. She was so good. And I, I love her a number. I just I love her obsession with people having numbers. That's obviously her favorite part of the job is like clicking that clicker and calling the number. And it makes her very sad she doesn't get to do it more often. If you had the little clicker, wouldn't you want oh, yeah. to use it? No, I totally understand. <laughs> I totally understand. Thinking about it, like, yeah, I can now picture you with, like, the number. Number? <laughs> Stephanie's, Stephanie's very orderly. I am. I'm kind of a rule follower, so I would want people to take a number so that I could click the button. <laughs> I also wanted to mention Ryan from season two, which I know a lot of people will probably groan at me for. 
but not Denise. If Denise is listening, I know Denise loves Ryan, so she's with me on this. <laughs> I I actually really enjoy Anthony Lemke as Ryan. And yeah, he's in some of the filler episodes in season two, and some of those aren't so great. <clears throat> Midnight Lamp. <clears throat> but <laughs> I really enjoy him. Even in Midnight Lamp, he just has this really fun energy about him and he just he plays him as uh, plays Riot as like this really charming but still very clearly a jerk type of guy and I was going to say he's like a charming jackass he's a charming <laughs> jackass and it, it works for me I enjoy the Ryan episodes because of Anthony Lemke even though the episodes themselves maybe aren't the strongest material in that season that's fair I like him enough too it's one of those I don't know like I was kind of happy to see him go, but I did think he was very, again, once one of those characters who's very effective as that character. Like, he's very watchable, even though you don't always like whatever he's doing. Mm. Here, is Will, here is where Denise will cry at me and disagree. But I, I feel the same way. I feel like Ryan really served the purpose he was supposed to serve in season two. You know, he's this kind of distraction who comes and shakes things up for Bo and kind of leads her maybe a little bit down a path she shouldn't go down. And then he's gone. Like, Bo's like, no, wait a minute. No, <laughs> this is who I am. That's not who I am. We don't fit. So he, he's like the bad influence boyfriend. Yeah. That <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And I could see him maybe coming. I know Anna Silk has mentioned would would have liked to see him come back for an episode. And I could see that working for maybe an episode. But I, I do think that he served his purpose well in season two and he exited appropriately at an appropriate time. I think it could be interesting to have him back for like an episode or a storyline or something where he's like the the ex-boyfriend who returns and stirs up some trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, it could work. Denise says, yes, I am. Ryan. <laughs> Each of those statements has like four exclamation points. Hi, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to mention Vincent Walsh, who played Lachlan, just because that guy showed up and you knew he was bad news. And he was just so smarmy and yucky. And I wanted to take a shower after he was in a scene. And But through season two, he managed to turn that character and make you reevaluate, change your perspective on him. And I thought that was very effective. Yes. Did you also do a double take when he showed up in the fall? I haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh. I don't think. Okay. Is that in season two or season one? Uh, I don't remember if he's in season one. He's definitely in season two. Okay. I don't think I've gotten to that part yet. In a minor role. Okay. But like the camera cuts to him. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what show am I watching? <laughs> DD at Dark Digin. D-A-J-I-N. I think that's Daniel. If, if we can call him Daniel, because it's easier to say. <laughs> one tweet says, season two fave guest star is Tori, played by Courtney White, for making Kenzie make the I killed her face. Oh, Okay. This is the Glaive's daughter who yes, Hale who is babysitting. Have coffee. Who cannot have coffee. She is a lot of fun. She is a lot of fun. Yes. I, I I will I agree. She's fun. And also, what about Kiara? Multiple storylines equals recurring slash guest? I would consider her still a guest character, because she's contained within season two. But same with Ryan. Like I consider Ryan a guest character because he's he's just in season two. Yeah, those two are kind of like right on the line yeah. of recurring our guests because they're they're important yeah and same same for same for Lachlan Vincent Walsh's Lachlan like that's he's got a, he's right. in a bunch of episodes in season two 
But yeah, Kiara. Kiara has some really good moments, and I actually really liked her with Dyson. And I was I was kind of sad that she shuffled off this this mortal coil, but she got a really kick ass exit in Lachlan's Gambit. That was my favorite Kiara episode was in Lachlan's Gambit. Right. Well, because they kind of shuffled, like she shuffled off before. Right. Like she was, you know, oh, Dyson's still in love with Bo. See you later. <laughs> was kind of how that went. And then, bam, badass reappearance. And suddenly she's wearing leather, so you know she's about to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she did <laughs> and uh, sacrificed herself for for our heroes. For Bo and for Kenzie. So at least she went out in a blaze of glory, as opposed to the hand of glory. <laughs> random, random law school reference. <laughs> Woo! Points if you remember which episode the hand of glory is from. Me or listeners? Listeners. You, I know you okay. know, because you know everything, Chris. <laughs> and then she shakes her head. Stephanie's like, only I know everything. <laughs> I, actually, I'm pretty sure you know, so I wouldn't have asked you. But any other tweets before we move on to season three? Uh, Just some follow-up tweets from Denise. She says, Loved Lachlan. He was so complex. Nice challenge for the gang. Great mistake of the show was when they killed off Kiara. Loved her. Great warrior. Yeah, especially since she came back and she was all like, yeah, I don't need a man type of... (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not here for you, Dyson. I'm here for... Like, the world. Yes, I'm here because I'm a noble warrior. And then she died. Dang it. <sighs> How Joss Whedon of them. Very Joss Whedon of them. The uh, Dark Digin, Daniel, right? I think. Says, don't forget Kenzie's aunt. Oh, yeah. From season two. Right. She was a lot of fun as well. I did enjoy Kenzie's aunt. She was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Because you always hear, like, the the stories from Kenzie about her crazy family and... <sighs> Oh, Kenzie's aunt. <laughs> Come here, Kenzie's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzie friend, yes. <laughs> so moving on to season three. <laughs> I just made myself laugh. I'm sorry. Are you still laughing about scoffing at how I don't know anything? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> I'm so offended. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, my feelings. Oh, Okay. Moving on to season three, do you want to go first? Do you have a, a guest star you wanted to, to mention? I enjoyed Mary, who is Bo's mom, played by Nola Augustin, I guess, from There's Bo Place Like Home. And what did you enjoy about her? <sighs> Poor Mary Dennis. I know. That was, because I think there's this whole thing where we all sort of had this notion of Mary Dennis mm-hmm. from what Bo has said before. Mm-hmm. And... It seems like there have been some sort of conflicting reports, even from Bo, about Mary Dennis. Because I think there were some things about, you know, her caring mom, but then also, like, here's this person who essentially kicked her out when she was 18 or whatever it was. Right. I don't know. Meeting her, like, it kind of all clicks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, here's somebody who was essentially doing her best or trying her best, right, with what she'd grown up with, presumably – and then had gotten into this, or had uh, this situation befall her where she has dementia of some sort, and uh, it's all very sad and moving. She stands out to me because she's part of that beautiful scene, essentially Bo coming out to her mother at the the end of There's Bo Place Like Home. And Anna Silk is great in that scene, but she also needed somebody good 
to react to her. And so mm-hmm. it, that actress really made that whole thing work work really well, I think. Elevating the performance, mm-hmm. I believe, is the phrase. Right. Just this clearly overwhelmed by emotion, but still confused and not quite sure what's going on. But you could see she's really trying to just love her daughter. And it's it's really lovely, that scene. One of my favorite scenes from season three, for sure. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention, I think it was kind of hard to tell from IMDb. I didn't go, I was naughty. I didn't go back and check the scene. But I think their their character names were were Manny and Connor, played by Jamal Grant and Gordon S. Miller, respectively, from Fade to Black. And they are the couple that Bo is trying to help in therapy. And I really enjoy them because, A, they really clearly seem like a couple, which is sometimes difficult to do when you just have one scene together. And they probably didn't know each other before they auditioned. It's possible they did, but they might have not even known each other before they auditioned. But they really seem like a couple. But there are only 25 actors in Canada. It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay, they totally knew each other before they auditioned. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke, people. Yes, a joke. <laughs> but they really seem like a couple. They have really good chemistry. They're very funny. They're very funny. Yes, I'm sure Annie would agree with you, too. I know Annie loved them. Yes, we've mentioned them a couple stars. of times that we we enjoy the the, the couple the, the therapy couple from Fade to Black. Oh, guys, not here, not here. <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry. But I was like, oh no, I overcompensated. <laughs> I overshot. <laughs> and Denise says regarding Mary Dennis, I assume I hoped if LG continued, they would bring her back. I hope for a reconciliation. Hmm. I don't know. I think they left it in an okay place. I think both forgave her mother. Not that I'm opposed to her coming back, but I, I, I feel like they did leave it in a good place, so I'd be okay. They they sort of put a nice ending to it with Trick saying that, you know, don't worry, uh, uh, he set up a fund or something for her, right? A trust for her. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten so that. So she'd be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So they did leave it in a place where they could leave it. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, she's introduced first in season three, so I'll mention her now, is, is Acacia played by the incredibly charismatic Linda Hamilton. But I actually really prefer her role in End of the Line in season four. That's where I feel like they really used her well, was in End of the Line. Right. It felt kind of weird in season three. I mean, we were excited to have her, pleased to have her by all means, but she just kind of like showed up and gave warnings and then had a beer with Tamsin, and then her hand showed up in a box, and that was kind of it, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it didn't feel like it was a the best use of her, but I'm as they brought her back, so yay. <laughs> and I do really enjoy that scene where they're sitting in the back of Tamsin's truck having a, f- a beer out in the middle of a field. It's, it's very much playing with the scene that's often you would have two men in those positions talking about, you know, battles that they'd fought etc cetera, etc cetera. the good old exactly. days exactly exactly but instead it's, the, it's these two kick-ass valkyrie women who are doing it and i really do enjoy that scene but when when they just like cut off her hand off screen and we didn't see her again i thought that's it you got linda hamilton and that was it so i was super excited to see again see her again at end of the line and of course that struggle that she has with Bo. oh it's so hilarious it just oh cracks me up so much <laughs> See, all I can think about with that scene, though, is is the creepy dude. Oh, with the camera? With the camera. Yeah. Well, and I just get mad about I that. I know. I'm mad about that, too. But Linda Hamilton is still awesome in that episode. Well, yeah. And then finally, I wanted to mention, and people might yell at me for this one, too. I wanted to mention Massimo, played by Tim Rosen. 
And and he's another guy who I, I kind of prefer him in some episodes than in others. And I thought he was excellent as creepy, oily, druid guy. So kind of the end of season three, beginning of Slimy. season four. Slimy. Yeah. When it got to sort of like mummy issues and then ultimately bat guano crazy pants guy. I didn't think Tim Rosen was maybe the best actor for that. those parts. I think that didn't play to his strengths as much. But I thought he was fantastic at the end of season three, beginning of season four. I'm thinking especially of that scene in, in Memoriam where he comes over to the to the clubhouse to give Kenzie her little fairy dust. And, oh, that scene, it's just, he's so menacing. And you really get a sense of the really precarious place that Kenzie has gotten herself in the meantime. And, oh, it's a really good scene, but he's he's creepy in it. But in a good way, if that makes sense. <laughs> he's terrible. He's convincingly him, but sleazy. <laughs> but, but, like, he's really good at making you hate yes, him. Yes, yes. <laughs> And like it's it's totally okay to hate him because he's so awful. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I should also mention we have a an, an episode, a shorter episode on Massimo, which you can go listen to if you're interested over at drinkswithadoll.com/slash forty five. And Daniel mentioned the Duppy, which is a good one. Mm-hmm. Another really good scene from season three. I'm all kind of choked up thinking about yeah, it again, where, where Bo kills the Duppy out of mercy. It's so sad, but so it's beautiful. It's so satisfying. It's a lovely scene. Not not in a bad way. That sounded that sounded bad. But you know what I mean. I hope. I hope you know what I, I mean. I know what you mean, Chris. Okay. It's poignant. How about that? Yes. It's a poignant scene. Mm-hmm. So moving on to season four, who who was one of your favorite guest characters from that season? <laughs> I'm saying this as much for Annie, or possibly more for Annie than for me, but Pietra Samantha Espy, I think is her name, from Let the Dark Times Roll. Pietra, it was the... Uh, A.K.A. the Docubus Shipper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, she was also in Who? Lafayette Polk for like a minute. She gets killed at the beginning. Sadness. That's true. Sadness. I know. Because everybody was like, yay, a Docubus Shipper. And then she gets stabbed like immediately <laughs> yeah. in the next episode. And I was kind of like, is the show trying to tell, tell us something? something? <laughs> <laughs> the show is I don't know, trying to tell Docubus uh, Shipper something, I think. I mean, to be fair, in the episode before that she was featured more prominently and she totally stabbed a person. Yes. Like, without mercy. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she she was innocent. No, no. <laughs> but she was enjoyable. She was very enjoyable and a real fun. That that episode had a lot of fun in it. And, and she was a big, a big contribution to that, I think. It's just this really kind of carefree, overly excited character. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's Bo the Sexy Succubus and Lauren the Amazing Doctor. Yeah, that's not exactly (laughs) what she says, but in essence. Close enough. (laughs) But yeah, I I just always enjoy it whenever they've got sort of a like entertainingly over the top type of characters. Right, me too. I do. They do it really well on on Lost Scroll, I feel like. And I wanted to mention Dao Ming, played by Jaden Wong in destiny's child and again this is me as annie a very attractive i like how that's a (laughs) i'm just gonna lead off with this (laughs) i am attractive (laughs) this is very attractive (laughs) oh i should tamp down my anniness i guess a little bit a i think she has an interesting rapport with trick (laughs) b very attractive (laughs) um (laughs) 
shift it down to B. No, I, I just, I thought she was, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to explain what I really liked about her, but I found her very, I thought she had a good charis, a good charismatic present. I really liked the rapport that she had with, with Rick Howland. She was stepping in essentially for another character. I, I'm wondering slash assuming they wanted to bring back Waylin from Baromet's trick pressure. If for that role, but perhaps couldn't get the actor. And, you know, it's like, I didn't miss her. Not to say that I didn't enjoy that other actress, but I thought she, uh, Jaden Wong did a great job as Dao Ming and added just a completely, a completely different and, and neat dynamic to that exchange between, between Trick and Dao Ming. I think that's entirely fair. So how about you? Who's another season four guest star that you enjoyed? I liked Christina Horn as the keeper. Ah, yes. Canadian Tilda Swinton, as she is also (laughs) known in some circles. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, that's a tough role because she's so monotone and deadpan. Right, because that's the whole deal with the, uh, and I totally just lost the name. Thank you, the Unimens. Their, Their whole deal is sort of like, you know, we are emotionless and whatever <laughs> and whatever that's totally their their catchphrase we are emotionless and whatever i think they have t-shirts <laughs> say that. unimens we're emotionless and whatever peace out <laughs> peace out really yeah. <laughs> if peace out if by peace out you mean and we're totally going to murder, murder you. as many of you as we can well the peace sign was actually made with like two knives that were bloody you know, crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. Christina Horn is the keeper. She, she did a good job. And additionally, it just seems like a really nice woman. I've chatted her with a little bit with her on Twitter, and she's very, very kind. Mm-hmm. So so therefore, a good actress, because uh, perfectly nice and lovely and, you know, in real life, awful <laughs> on the show. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. I should also say... Vanessa Matsui has been very kind in like responding to us on Twitter as well. Yes. I guess my my final one, I didn't have a ton from season four. Because, you know, Crystal got moved to the top. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed George Takei as Engelrum in, in Memoriam. He wasn't used a whole lot, but I thought he was super creepy and very effective in that in that small part that he had. And like deliciously over the yes, top. As George Takei is. <laughs> pretty much i was just thinking about uh i don't remember was it i think it was in one of the interviews that emily andrus did about the episode where she was talking about how she actually said to george Takei in one of the costume fittings set phasers to stunning <laughs> <laughs> nice anybody else from season four you can think of i'm trying to like run through all the episodes like i i didn't i don't know that i'd call her one of my favorites but i i enjoyed mia kirshner as Cleo, she mm-hmm. brought a different quality to that role than I thought she would. So that was a nice, a nice surprise. Danielle says, just have to mention George Takei for the incredible cheesiness. Yes, incredible cheesiness. And kudos to the mermaid with tail for acting with it on. <laughs> Daniel also mentions, and of course, Munin, I believe for giving us, didn't see that coming. Oh, they were fun. Hugin and Munin. I'll back that too. Yep. They were a lot of fun in Destiny's Child. We had Hugin, who was kind of sultry and sexy and then Munin who wasn't and it was just funny. <laughs> Ooh, Leviathan. Oh yeah. Yeah. She From that same episode. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm, she did a good job. I still can't believe they didn't oh. bring her back. They set it so up, set it I up know. so they bring her back, but not as yet. Maybe by the end of the season. Maybe. Probably not. Probably but maybe. not, but maybe. Denise says Crystal was the star of season four. Thank you, Denise. You don't have. We agree. You're not going to get any <laughs> argument here. Hot pantsless. Anyway. <laughs> Hot pantsless forever. <laughs> We're kidding. We're kidding. We're kidding. A little. Are we? <laughs> maybe you are. <laughs> Denise also says Cleo was great too. And then Kate says, Mia died yet again, but she didn't really. No, she didn't die. She was cheese-sucked and then abandoned by the side of the road. So she could have been hit by a car, but we didn't see her die. They could completely, realistically have her pop up at some point in the future. I doubt it will happen, if they but they to. could. So I don't think Bo, like, cheese-sucked her dry. Oh, no, 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 no. And I think she might have actually said that specifically that she wasn't going to do that but i might be wrong i might be wrong but it was very sad to just see her lying kind of in the middle of the road and Bo and dyson just strolling away <laughs> like but pull her to the side just cast maybe? aside maybe i know but at least she is i mean it's it's a deserted road mm. so you know with a long stretch of of space hopefully people will see her that's what i'm yeah. saying yeah Olin Samuel says, I don't remember the name, the guy who guides Dyson on 402. Oh, that guy. Eddie. <laughs> oh, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie was such a jackass. Was such a jackass. Nothing against the actor. But then he got hit by a train. Yeah, he did. He did. Nothing against the actor. And we enjoyed it. The actor, I'm sure, <laughs> did a great job playing him as a jackass, but Eddie. Ugh. Eddie. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, Endymion, right? Endymion, yes. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of his full name. name. That's Endymion, you're right. Annie, sadly, was not able to be with us when we recorded this episode about our favorite guest stars, but we were able to subsequently get together and record some, uh, first some announcements. Announcements! And, announcements! And then- <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Announcements! <laughs> And then subsequently to talk a little bit about some of Annie's favorite guest stars so that we, we got to hear some of hers as well. However, first, I have some announcements. <laughs> announcements! <laughs> Mostly to do with the show. Announcements. Mostly to do with the last girl. So announcement number one, the big announcement this week was that Sci-Fi in the U.S. has finally announced a premiere date for season five. Now I'm talking about episode 501. 501 is going to premiere... In the U.S. on Sci-Fi on April 17th, which is the day before the season three premiere of Orphan Black. That made me happy that they were so close together. I don't know why, but there's a thing. So get ready, (laughs) Sci-Fi fans, Sci-Fi fantasy fans. We've got Lost Girl and Orphan Black coming back in the United States around the same time. Yay! That is now my second second busiest weekend of the year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've got stuff going on the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th. Wow. You're busy. It's a big deal for me. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My social calendar is pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got TV shows coming back, y'all. It's the biggest weekend ever. Yeah. I know. Well, I, I have two other TV shows that I watch, uh, Game of Thrones and Outlander, all premiering in April. So for me, it's a big month, too. And I'm like, yes, that is the extent of my social calendar. <laughs> but see, this is like event TV because, you know... You come over, we we talk about the episode afterwards. That's true. That's true. For Orphan it's a Black, thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Yeah. And then the second announcement related to the show that I wanted to mention was that Anna Silk won the Canadian Screen Award Fan Favorite 
award this year. Last year, Zoe Palmer won, and this year, Anna Silk won, and that makes me really happy. Yay! Yay! Round of applause. Yay! Good job, fans. Yay, Anna. Yay, fans, for, for voting Anna fan favorite. I thought it was really sweet when, when Seth Cooperman, her husband, he tweeted something like, Anna's too nice to ask y'all to vote for her, but I am not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vote for her. <laughs> that was, that was very cute. It was like too humble or too modest or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought it was very nice. She had recorded a message for people to see at the award show. Aww. You know, and that the show is such a fan. They took a picture of her award in the box with her name written on it that they're going to ship to her. So she'll get yeah. it. Yeah. So I was really happy that she won the fan favorite award this year. Yay! Me too. Yay. I voted for her. The third announcement I wanted to mention was that Chris and I were recently guests on the What the Fangirl podcast. It's a, a new podcast with Brie and, and Alex, and they're just kind of talking about pop culture generally. I think they talk about TV and movies and comics and all sorts of stuff, but we were on their third episode and we talked about Lost Girl. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes, but it's over at whatthefangirl.com. You can go listen to it over there. So guest stars, Annie, let's talk about some of your favorite guest stars. We did mention Woods for you. Yes, Michael Cram, yeah. on your behalf. Yes, on your behalf, because you had mentioned that when we were talking about our favorite guest stars during 30 Days of Lost Girl. But who are some of your other favorites? Well, the other one that came to mind besides Woods was uh, Pietra in season four, of course, because it's me, essentially. <laughs> and You stab people? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, uh, here. <laughs> she didn't deny it, everybody. She didn't deny I it. I didn't deny it. Did, 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 did not deny it. Here. What, what, are you, what are you doing? Oh my goodness. What, what is happening? I'm stabbing somebody. She's I'm stabbing, stabbing somebody, somebody right now. <laughs> I do have a knife right here. If anybody Holy wants crap. to know, this is a. I know. No, it's a replica of the dagger that Dyson gave Lauren. So, you know. Oh. It's, uh, where did really? you get it from? Yeah. Well, I complete blind. Now I can't put it back in the sheath. Uh, complete blind. <laughs> That's luck. what she I was, said. <laughs> shit, <laughs> shit, I'm stuck. <laughs> That's what she said um, as well. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yep. No, I was just I was looking for something else, and I was you know when you have ads at the bottom, I'm like, hey, that looks familiar. So I did some screen grabs and. Just ordered it, which is what I think that Lost Girl production did. They're all, hey, that looks good. We don't have to make it. Okay, we'll do that. Are you at an 82 percentile on throwing it yet? No. More like negative <laughs> negative three percentile. More, more, like, so, more like I used to have four cats. Now there's just Naughty. Now there's just one. <sighs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No cats were harmed yeah. in the making of this podcast. No, no cats were harmed. That's why I keep it in a box. And that's what just fell down was the box that I keep it in. But no, Pietra, because it's such uh, fan service, obviously, that character. But right. because, yeah, that would have been me. I would have been hugging Bo and Lauren. And I would have just said, yeah, I think I just peed myself. Even though I rarely <laughs> do that. But, you know, I probably would have had that we kind all of know what you said to Emily had. Andrews. <laughs> y yes, yes. So it reminds me of there's very much a fan service episode of Xena where it's in the present and it's called 
uh, send in the clones, where these fans of Xena get together and they create these clones of Xena and Gabrielle in modern age. And the Gabrielle fan is exactly like me. She's like sniffing <laughs> Gabrielle's hair and everything. And I'm like, so when I saw Pietro, I'm like, that's me. So anyway. I'm so unnerved that you basically just admitted to sniffing Renee O'Connor's hair. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, you know, and I'm just like, <sighs> anyway. This is reminding me of <sighs> one of the first conversations that Chris and I had in person at Comic Palooza. <laughs> oh, where yeah. she was talking about having felt really awkward and been really awkward around Zoe Palmer and I was like you didn't lick her did you <laughs> Chris is like no <laughs> less awkward than that thank goodness <laughs> so anybody else you wanted to mention besides Pietra I've always liked Lachlan because Vincent Walsh he's so he's so handsome in that suave he way is. He is. And he's handsome, but you want to smack him. Like every time I him, see his like smug a, face, yeah. I just want to smack wanna him. Are you Louise? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to smack his handsome face? I do want to <laughs> smack his handsome face. <laughs> That's a Bob's Burgers reference. I should clarify. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I totally don't get what you guys are talking about. But I even have pink bunny ears that I wear for my handsome face smacking escapades. But yeah, I like him because he's suave. And an asshole. But yes. he ends up sacrificing himself at the end, so it's all good. I just wish he'd revealed his endgame a little bit sooner and been a little bit nicer to Lauren. So, Yeah, but. he doesn't fully redeem himself for me for what everything he puts Lauren through. Mm-hmm. I wish he was maybe a little more... I don't know. He, I wish that he had somehow made clear that... He actually didn't have anything against Lauren. I don't know. Or like had freed her from her yeah. imprisonment. But then yeah. I know there goes her whole storyline. That's not logical. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. You wanted him to be yeah. repentant. Yes. I wanted him mm-hmm. to be more repentant. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Acacia, of course. Mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton. The lovely Linda Any Hamilton. Any Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Anywhere is awesome. But I was so excited when she, I was so excited that she got to do more. I just wish she got to swing the machete a bit more. In, yeah. Uh, End of a line. End of the line, yeah. But I'm really happy that she came back. I'm really happy that I was one of the first to hear about it, because she told me so herself at Fan Expo, and I had to keep it a secret for like a month, which was really <laughs> hard. I was really happy. It was, it's great when Lost Girl gets those big guest stars, too. You know, big and small. And then there's... Let me do it. Leaves! <clears throat> <clears throat> which introduced me to Ellie Leaves. I love nice. that I first knew Ellie Liebert because Chris wouldn't stop talking about her. So then I watched Bomb Girls afterward, and then I totally appreciated Crystal more, ex- except for the friends without benefits scene. But I think the, ben- the it's benefits without scene. friends, isn't it? Benefits without friends, then. So. And he's like, why is her body on Lauren's body? I know. Why is her face on her face? That? Lauren's face should be on Bo's face. Lauren's face was a couple other places besides Crystal's face. Like. Anyway, but it just at least her hands were to get that. Dirt. Okay, that bit was dirty, but <laughs> you should have seen like, that's what they showed in the episode. 
not show. But no, Lauren's play. face was definitely other places on Ebony. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, it's been other places on Bo, too. Yes. <sighs> we love you, show. We love you, show, for showing faces on other places, on other besides, places faces. besides faces. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <sighs> So anyway, uh, Annie made the stupid thing super dirty. <laughs> Yay. So I'm really happy to this show. Well, really mostly Chris to introducing me to Leebs. Leebs! We forgot to mention I'm really super happy that Ali Liebert won a Canadian Screen Award for Bob Girls Facing the Enemy. Yes. So I was very Leibs. happy about that. And she looks super sexy in classes during her Go speech. And I love yeah. her her short, sexy haircut that she's rocking right now. It's oh, yeah. cute. It's super cute on her. It's super it's cute. It's really cute. It's super cute. Anybody else you wanted to mention, Annie? I think those are my main main ones. Okay. I know you mentioned Peggy from Masks, which is yes. just too funny. Gotta love you Peggy. Know, things like that. And Massimo, I will only say I just hate his shirts as much as... <laughs> All of you except Sally does, but I always think Tim Rosen does a great job. I'd love to, you know, there's so many guest actors I'd love to see at a con someday. So he's one of them. I thought you were going to say you hate his shirts as much as Sally loves them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I could, but I'm sure you guys do too. So. Well, thank you for sharing your favorite guest stars with us. It was a dirty pleasure. You know what? <laughs> So that wraps up our picks for our notable guest stars from Lost Girl. I think like guest stars are sometimes underrated. They are they're really important to making an episode work, but oftentimes we don't even remember their names and it's kind of sad. So so kudos to all of the really good guest stars that Lost Girl has had because I think they've had a lot of a lot of good ones. Mhm. Again, Lost Girl's great with character stuff. So yeah, I think that carries through very often into minor characters and guest stars and such because so often when you come when it comes to a guest character they have so little time to convey a, a significant amount about this character to make it make the character work in a scene so it, it takes skill to be able to do that in just just a little a few little moments here or there yep I wanted to say thank you to Jessalyn who sent us a donation a few weeks ago we really appreciate her helping us to keep the lights on around here, so to speak. It, it helps pay for costs associated with producing the podcast. So thank you to Jessalyn. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then I also wanted to say thank you to Arctic Green, who left us a review in iTunes. We really appreciate when people leave us rating and reviews in iTunes and Stitcher. They help other people find the podcast, and they are really encouraging to us because we've, we've yet to get like a really nasty review. So that's awesome. So... Thank you. <laughs> it sounds like you're challenging people to leave us leave some us really horrible nasty reviews. reviews. Well, you know, I'm not trying to tell you what type of review to leave us. But if you want to leave us a nice review, that would be fantastic. I actually, I looked at iTunes earlier today, and we currently have 11 reviews and 28 ratings. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to issue a little challenge. If we could get that up to either 15 reviews or 35 ratings by the next time we record in two weeks, that would be awesome. And I might just release some special content if we manage to hit that mark. Ooh, there's there's an enticement there's an there. Enticement. Yeah. So yes, I will I will come up with something if we manage to hit that 
15 reviews or 35 ratings in two weeks. The gauntlet has been thrown. Has. Or whatever the proper phrase would be. <laughs> Also, I wanted to say thank you to Jessica from New Zealand. She sent us a really, really sweet email. And I, I will reply to your email, Je Jessica, but sometimes I'm very well-meaning and then I forget. So I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I said thank you before I forgot. So so yeah, she sent us a really sweet email. Wanted to say thank you. We appreciate when people send us send us feedbacks about uh, feedback about all sorts of things. But I just wanted to mention Jessica specifically. Yes. Shout out to Jessica. So we'd love to know your thoughts about your favorite guest stars on Lost Girl. You can share those with us over in the show notes at drinksatthedoll.com slash 95. You can send us email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com. You could also call and leave us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of our website. Or you can call 972-514-7223 and leave us a more old fashioned type of voicemail. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks with the Doll. My name is Stephanie. Matsui! My name is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Give me one second. Actually, I want to... I realized I didn't list somebody that I wanted to mention. So let me look up her name. Sing, Chris. Sing! <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're sorry, Whitney Houston. <laughs> and Dolly Parton. Yes, her too.